Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Hey, let's jump into the Word. What a service we've already had. I want to thank our friends from Nashville just coming up to the big city. To the big city to be with us and uh, share just the gifts that God has given them. Thankful for their friendship and their heart to minister and pour into us and wonderful, wonderful. We're trying to get them to uh, come more often. I told them it's their, this is their home away from home. Hey, let's pray before we get into the word, okay? Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I love you and I just surrender everything to you, everything that I want to do bows to what you want to do. So in the name of Jesus, we yield the floor to you, Lord. I have no agenda but to be with you, to have your presence here. You are it. There's no going beyond you. There's no something else to move on to. You're it. So I invite you, Lord, to speak to our hearts I invite you to speak through me. Help us to see where you are. We want to go where you are and give you the glory for it ahead of time. In Jesus' name, amen. We started talking a few weeks ago about Jesus' desire to build his church. And I want to, I want to go back into that uh, for a little bit. We don't have a lot of time this morning, so I'm going to do a condensed version. It's, it's different because last week, I preached here in the first service, and then second service, we had ministry the whole time and didn't preach at all. So as I was preparing for this week, I'm like, oh, Lord, well, what would I give the first service and give the second service? What if people are in the second service last week or in the first service this week or vice versa? <laughs> a lot of stuff going on up here. Some of it you don't want to know about, that's for sure. So I just said, who cares? I'm just going to do whatever... I can, uh, so if you weren't here last week, and watch last week's message, but if you got your Bibles, come on, we love the Bible here, let's open them up to Matthew chapter 16. Yes, yes, we do have sermon notes on the YouVersion Bible app this week, so there's a perk. Check that out, I worked really hard on that, if you don't use them. <laughs> Mark 6, or Mark, Matthew 16. But I am going to do a condensed version for those in the production that are following along with the slides I created. God bless you. I pray for you because it may be challenging. But I, I, want to get, I want to get to a certain spot, and so I'm going to have to skip some things. Uh, Matthew 16, verse 13, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men, who do people, notice that's plural, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So who are, what are people saying? They said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, some Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Notice 13 and 14 is talking about what people are saying, what culture is saying. So I'm talking about rational knowledge here. I'm talking about cultural knowledge, carnal knowledge, natural knowledge, lower level knowledge. Jesus is asking them, what are people saying? What is the world saying? That's lower level knowledge. We're talking about natural carnal knowledge. I'm not saying it's no knowledge. It's lower level knowledge. 
It's natural. What can be known by people? What do people say? That is a level of knowledge, okay? We can acknowledge that. Acknowledge that it is knowledge, but it is rational knowledge. So then he says in verse 15, notice it was plural in 13, who do people, who do men say that I am in 15? He said, but who do you say that I am? You can be used plural to talk about you guys, you people, but I want us to focus on the idea that he's speaking singularly here because it matters singularly, what do you think? Who do you say? So what do people say? What does cultural say? What is rational knowledge? What is known broadly, culturally? But what do you say? What do you say? And So Peter pipes up and says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And so then Jesus answers and says, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Blessed, we said this is a Greek word, Uh, that means favored, happy, fortunate, enjoying favorable circumstances. You are blessed, you are favored, you're happy, you're enjoying favorable circumstances. Why? Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for, because, flesh and blood, natural knowledge, rational knowledge has not revealed this to you. We talked about that word revealed, apocalypto, which means something was there, it was known, but you did not know it for yourself. Flesh and blood, rational knowledge did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in where? In heaven. So now we're going from rational knowledge, natural knowledge, to revelation knowledge. Heavenly knowledge versus earthly knowledge. When he says, what do, who do people say that I am? Where are people, earth or heaven? Earth. So they're natural. He said, but my father told you something. Where's the father? He's in earth or heaven? Heaven. So now we have knowledge that comes from the earth and knowledge that comes from heaven. Knowledge that comes from God and knowledge that comes from people. Some knowledge from people is still good, but it's lower level knowledge. I'm building a foundation because too many times we're trying to live our life based solely on rational human knowledge. Should we get wisdom and guidance from other people? Yes. But our problem, and I'm I'm telling you that a church has to be prepared for this because we're coming into a time where rational knowledge will not cut it. Rational knowledge alone, I should clarify. Again, we're not dumping all rational knowledge and just going buck wild. But we are saying we need revelation knowledge from heaven more than we need rational knowledge. Rational knowledge is good, but it's limited. Everybody say limited. Limited. We're not going to know everything we need to know based on rational knowledge. So why is he blessed? He's saying, Peter, you are blessed because you were able to hear something from God. Revelation knowledge. Verse 18, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church. Who's going to build the church? Jesus. Who is the church? We are the church. I will build my church. I will build my people, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail, not be strong enough, not be victorious against it. So he's saying, I'm going to build my church, my people, on this rock. What is this rock that he's talking about? He's talking about the rock of revelation knowledge from the Father. 
We as people, as followers of Jesus, we have to be built up in our life, not by what people say, but by what Jesus says. We have to build our Christian faith, our Christian life, based on the principle that we hear from God first, and everything else runs through that. If God says it, we say yes, regardless of what anybody else says. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Because we are so accustomed of running it by other people because we long for the affirmation of people. I'm not saying that's always a negative, but when we're depending on people's affirmation before we will do something, we are going to get in trouble. There has to be a place in our life where we say, I just need to hear from God. God has said this, so now I'm going to do whatever he tells me to do. That's revelation knowledge. Let me go on. And I will give you the keys. Who's talking? It's still Jesus. He said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I noticed something in the scripture. Whose idea was it to give us the keys of the kingdom? Jesus said willfully, I will give you the keys. They did not arrogantly and pridefully demand the keys. Jesus just said, I will give you the keys. I'll give them to you. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And then whatever you bind, he doesn't say, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, but then I will do all the binding and loosing. No, I'm going to give you the keys, and then you will bind and loose according to what is in heaven. According to what is where? Heaven. Where does revelation knowledge come from? Heaven. Where does rational knowledge come from? Earth. So are we binding and loosing according to rational knowledge or revelation knowledge? Revelation knowledge. So I'm binding and loosing not based on what I feel or what I think or what other people think or what other people feel, but I'm doing it based on what heaven says. Look what he says. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. That means according to what is bound in heaven, that is how we bind on earth. According to what is loosed in heaven, that is how we loose on earth. So what is my grid for what I bind and loose? What am I using as my pattern to what I bind and loose on earth? Heaven. So is that revelation knowledge or rational knowledge? Rational knowledge. So is it possible that some things, some directives that come from heaven will not make sense? Is it possible that some things God may tell you may not make sense? Let me try again. Is it possible that God may tell me something that makes no rational sense? So then, what happens in that moment? Now look, Peter had, Simon says Simon Barjona, but this is Peter talking. He had revelation knowledge from the Father that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God. So let's jump on down. Uh, verse 21, from that time Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things. And the elders and chief priests and scribes, by, sorry, by or from the elders, chief priests and scribes, and be killed and be raised the third day. Jesus began to show them. When Jesus shows us something, is it revelation or rational? It's revelation. 
Jesus began to show them. What did he begin to show them? He began to show them that I'm going to suffer many things and I'm going to be killed. Does that make rational sense? No, not to someone who believes Jesus is going to set up his kingdom. So he gave them revelation knowledge that goes against rational knowledge. I've been serving you for three and a half years and you're telling me that you're going to die and be raised from the dead? That makes no sense. So what happens? Peter rubs up against his rational knowledge. He had revelation knowledge about Jesus being the Christ, the son of the living God. But look at verse 22. Then Peter took Jesus by the uh, aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it for you, from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. The word rebuke there is a great word. It means to admonish, to reprimand, to forbid, to threaten with strong disapproval. Are you following with me? That Peter is talking to Jesus and he began to rebuke him. So everybody say rebuke. rebuke. Can you imagine rebuking Jesus? Well, here's what he was doing in the Greek when they said he rebuked Jesus. He was admonishing Jesus. He was reprimanding Jesus. He was forbidding Jesus. He was threatening Jesus with strong disapproval. Why was he doing that? Because what Jesus had just told him didn't make sense. And Peter was so dependent on rational knowledge that even though he knew Jesus was the Son of God, he could not grasp this new revelation that the Son of God must die and be raised again. I grasp that you're the Son of the living God. Yes, I understand that you are the Messiah. Now come and overtake these Romans and, and set us free. That was his rational thought on how it should play out. But God had a different idea on how it should play out and it went against the grain of Peter's rational knowledge. Why is this important? Because we are so conditioned to go by what makes sense. We're so conditioned to go by rational logic and reason. And we cannot do it in this hour. We cannot do it in the last days. We've got to be ready to hear from God and do what he says, even if everybody says, that's stupid. You're a fool for doing that. Oh, well. God told me to do it. Are we looking for, are we looking for taking a, a um, how do I, take a poll? I'm thinking about doing this on Facebook. Please, everyone, give me your comments. Wow. That's kind of the world we live in, whether intentionally or unintentionally. We will ask God, what do you think? I think I'm going to do this. And what do you Again, I understand worldly, worldly, sorry, godly wisdom, feedback. But what does it ultimately have to be measured against? It has to be measured against the word of God. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm giving you a reason here in just a moment why we have to do this. So, so he gives him rational knowledge. And verse 23. So, but he turned and said to Peter, so he begins to rebuke Jesus. Jesus takes it very well. Takes it patiently, lovingly, very pastorally. And he turns to him and he says, Peter, buddy, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. I don't know that you could color that any other way and make yourself feel better about it. But anytime the Lord is speaking to you and he uses the word Satan directed at you, 
right? I mean, can you feel that? Like, I'm not sure that's a subtle correction. You know, if God would speak, I I can't imagine that. Again, I try and put myself in that position that if Jesus would look at me and say, get behind me, Satan. Did I say something wrong? I mean, I would think, wow, what in the world? But look what he said. Again, context, what was the problem? Jesus gave revelation knowledge. Peter responded with rational knowledge. And Jesus rebuked the rational knowledge and said, get behind me. Mm -mm, mm -mm, We're not there yet. God gave revelation knowledge, right? Peter responded with what kind of knowledge? And Jesus' response was, get behind me. It wasn't, well, you know, that's, I understand that. No, there is a difference. Revelation knowledge versus rational knowledge, when they disagree with each other, one of them is of God and the other one is of There's not three sides. There's two. We have adopted this neutral position where I'm not necessarily for God. Well, I'm definitely not of the devil. I'm just right here in the middle. There is no middle. There's no middle in the kingdom of God. There's either Jesus and what he's saying or there's Satan. Like that's too harsh. We have to know that there's a distinction to be prepared because there's going to be some things that are told in the last days that are going to make sense. There's going to be some things that are said, we need to do this in the name of safety. In the name of peace. In the name of peace, we need to do this. In the name of, sorry, I'm getting in front of the speakers. Can't go that far down the aisle. I was coming for you, Alan. (laughs) In in the name of this, the natural, they will try and massage our brain to say it makes sense for the safety and peace. Be careful when the world cries out, peace, peace. We're going to need revelation knowledge. And he said, rational knowledge that goes against my knowledge is of Satan. I'm not talking about rational knowledge of you need to change your oil. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about rational knowledge that goes against revelation knowledge. That is of Satan. He says, get behind me, Satan. What does he say? The rest of it is so powerful. You are an what? And what's the next word? Offense. You are an offense to me. Get behind me. Get out of the way. That word behind means to get to the back, to no longer follow. Get behind me, Satan. You know, if you tell somebody, get behind me, you're not following them. And here's what I feel like God is saying. I need, I need to get my people to stop following rational knowledge and start following the voice of God. That you say to your logic and reason, whatever we figured out, we wrote our pros and cons list. Let's rip up the pros and cons list and spend some time prayer and fasting till we get a word from God. Because we'll rationalize our, I don't know if you're like me, I'm a very analytical person by nature and so I can rationalize myself, I can spin myself into the ground. 
thinking about all the things I need to do and how, well, if I do this, 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 all I need is to hear from God. And once God says it, I need to forget everything else and just keep moving forward. He says, you're an offense to me. What does the word offense mean? It's the word scandalon that means a trap or a snare. You are a trap or a snare to me, Satan, trying to get me to not do what my father asked me to do. Come at me, Satan, with your rational thinking, but my father put me on the planet to die for the sins of humanity. That cross is my purpose. I came to the earth to bear this cross, to lay down my life and to die. And you come at me with your scandal on uh, rational knowledge, trying to tell me that I will not do that. Get behind me, Satan. I am going to the cross because I have heard from the Father. This is what he's telling us. This is what he wants us to live by. Because he says to, he says you are not mindful of the things of God but the things of man. Again, I didn't get to all of this last week, and I've had this message. I did this down at North Georgia. So this has been percolating in me for a while, even preparation before the North Georgia revival. You're not mindful of the things of God, but the things of man. Here's one of the things we want to do, and I've got to land it already. Hmm. Mindful. Everybody look at that. Mindful. I want you to break those words up into two words, that one word, mindful, into two words. For you are not mindful, F-U-L-L. Your mind is not full of the things of God, but your mind is full of the things of men. Another way to put it, your mind is not full of revelation knowledge. Your mind is full of rational knowledge. Your mind is not full of what I am saying. Your mind is full of what people are saying. Remember Peter gave the great revelation knowledge of that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Was that a good answer? Yes, that was a good answer. Then all of a sudden he gives a rational answer and says, Far be it from you, Lord, you shall not go to that cross. You shall not die and be raised the third day. And so now... Jesus says, hey, wait a minute, uh, Peter, the problem is you did good for a little bit on that one answer, but your mind is not full enough of the things of God. Your mind is too full of the things of men. So here's what I feel like the Lord is submitting to me. Chad, if we want to go further in this life, you've got to empty yourself, empty your mind of the things of men and fill it with the things of God. My mind is not full enough. Remember Peter? When, all the, when he said, I'm going to read you out of Mark chapter 14, uh, when Jesus said somebody's going to betray him, and Peter speaks up and he says, even if all are made to stumble, yet I will not be. And he spoke more vehemently, if I have to die with you, Lord, I will not deny you. And they all said likewise. So he had some moments of revelation, but he was still full of too much rational knowledge. Too much flesh, too much of himself. So is our mind full of the things of men or full of the things of God? Let's go over to Romans real quick. Romans chapter 8. Apologize to the production. I don't think I gave you all the verses. I'm going to go to verse 5 as well. Romans chapter 8. I'm going to read two verses in Romans and we're going to be done. Or two passages in Romans to be accurate. Romans 8. But if you'll turn faster, we can get there quicker. Romans chapter 8, 
Look at verse, remember, what are we talking about? The rational, natural mind versus the spiritual mind. Why am I saying this? I believe with all my heart what's coming on the earth, word from God is going to be the most precious thing we have to help our families. I can't emphasize enough. I'm not talking doom and gloom. I'm, talking not, I'm not talking about being afraid of what's happening on the earth. I'm talking about hearing from God, hearing what God is saying is going to be our saving grace. It's going to be our Goshen. It's going to be how you prosper and others do not. It's going to be how you are making it and others are not. It's going to be because you heard a word from God. Romans chapter 8, verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds, set their minds on the things of the flesh, of the natural, of the rational, of the fleshly, of the carnal, of the things of this world. But those who live according to, live according to is live in agreement with, live in harmony with, live in obedience with the Spirit. They set their mind on the things of the Spirit. Verse 5 is very powerful for us. For those who live according to the flesh or do what the flesh tells them to do, it's because they set their minds on the things of the flesh. So which comes first, how we live or how we think? I know you're afraid to answer sometimes trick questions. That's all right. But I want you to be thinking about it. I don't want you to just listen. I want you to think. Notice what he says. For those who live according to the flesh, you could say it this way in the Greek language, are those who set their minds on the things of the flesh. Does that help you? Those who live according to the flesh, the natural, are those who set their minds on the natural. What I focus on is how I live. What I set my mind on affects how I live. What information I concentrate on affects how I live. If I live according to the flesh, it's because I've set my mind on the things of the flesh. But if I set my mind on the things of the Spirit, my life will begin to go according to, in obedience with the Spirit, revelation knowledge versus rational knowledge. In other words, if I never read my Bible, never pray, never listen to Christian music, never come to church, then I should never wonder why I cannot hear from God. It's not hard. How do we hear from God? We set our mind on the things of God. So when my mind is going crazy with all kinds of things going on in my life, I have to intentionally set my mind on the things of God and all of a sudden how I live begins to, and how I act, how I behave, begins to come in alignment with what I set my mind on. Look what it says in the next part. For to be carnally minded, fleshly, natural, rational knowledge is what? Is, does that sound good? For to be carnally minded, rational knowledge is death, but to be spiritually minded is, which would you rather have? Would you rather have death or life and peace? It's a survey right now. You get to choose. Evidently, you get to choose. Because which one do we set our mind on? 
Carnal mind, natural mind, or spiritual mind? I get to choose. According to this, am I reading the right Bible? According to this, to be carnally minded, who decides? Where am I at? Trying to do this. I'm not sure if I'm helping. Let me just come up here. Maybe that. No. (laughs) To be carnally minded is what? Is spiritually minded is life and peace. Who sets their minds on the things of the flesh? Who sets their minds on the things of the spirit? Who decides whether I'm carnally minded or not? I do. Who decides whether I'm spiritually minded or not? I do. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it's not subject to the law of God, nor can it be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Go ahead and stand to your feet, if you would, please. I'm going to have to give more to the second service. Romans chapter 2, verse 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your Don't Do not be conformed. The word conform means to fashion like, model after. Same patterns of beliefs and behavior. Do not pattern your beliefs and your behavior according to the world. Set your mind on the things of God, the spiritual things. Set them on that. Meditate on the word of God. Listen to scripture while you're driving down the road. Listen to messages. Put podcasts in. They're going to cause you to learn more about God. Set your mind on the things of God. Have, there's times I do this. I have my phone by my bed. I will put it on scripture. We're talking like where they just speak the word. And I will just let it play all night. I don't know how much good it's doing. I know it's not hurting me. So while I'm, while I'm sleeping right there by the nightstand, the word of God is being spoken over my life. Well, I don't think that's doing anything. <laughs> Whatever. I'm just doing whatever I can to set my mind on things because I know my mind. I don't know yours, but I know mine. And when my mind is left to its own devices, crazy. So I have to set it. I have to say, Chad, get in the Word. What does the Word say? What does the Word say? What does the Word say? Well, this is how I feel. It doesn't matter. What does the Word say? This is what I think. It doesn't matter. What does the Word say? I have to corral my mind and set it. Revelation knowledge. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.